0: This fall we're doing a series on children's books. And they may appear to be just uh, fun stories of silly geese, goodnight moons, Berenstain bears, and whatever those things are in the Dr. Seuss books. But if you look at them a little deeper, you'll see that most children's books address some kind of condition or question or challenge that all of us face in life. And so each week we're going to look at one book, See what it has to say about these things, and then what the good book, the Bible, says about them. And today, our book is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day by Judith Bjorst. It starts out this way. I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, a terrible, horrible, No good, very bad day. At breakfast, Anthony found a Corvette Stingray car kit in his breakfast cereal box, and Nick found a junior undercover agent code ring in his breakfast cereal box, but in my breakfast cereal box, all I found was breakfast cereal. I think I'll move to Australia. Well... After breakfast, Alexander is driven by Mrs. Gibson to school, but he is squashed into the middle seat. And at school, the teacher corrects his counting after he leaves out number 16. And his best friend, Paul, tells him that he is only his third best friend. And Mom forgot to pack a dessert with his lunch. It was a terrible, horrible, no good very bad day after school he had to go to the dentist and what can you say about that the dentist found a cavity his brother made him fall into a spot where it was muddy and he started to cry and then he got teased for being a crybaby. and he did get new shoes but the blue ones he wanted were all sold out so he had to get plain old white ones he had lima beans for dinner And Alexander hates lima beans. There was kissing on TV. And Alexander hates kissing. His bath was too hot. He lost his marble down the drain. He had to wear his railroad train pajamas. And Alexander hates those pajamas. And finally, the book concludes, When I went to bed, Nick took back the pillow he said I could keep and the Mickey Mouse nightlight burned out, and I bit my tongue. The cat wants to sleep with Anthony, not me. It has been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. My mom says some days are like that, even in Australia. Ever had one of those days? A terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Well, of course you have, because we've all had them. All of us have had days like that. They're a part of life. Maybe you even had one this week. Even people in the Bible had those kinds of days. King David himself had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Just look at Psalm 142. It says that David wrote this this prayer song from a cave. David's best friend Jonathan had had just told him that he had to run away because Jonathan's dad was out to kill David. David ran away to Gath, but the Philistine king there would kill him too, so David had to pretend that he was insane and and go around town drooling all over himself and, and pretending to write on walls. Finally, he runs away, not to Australia, But to the cave of Adulam, where he hides like an animal, and here he writes these words: "I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before Him and tell Him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, You alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought." No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what will happen to me. David's having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. We all do. So what do you do on those days? What do you wish for? What do you think will solve all your problems? What's your Australia? Is it a move to some other place? Is it a marriage? Is it a breaking of your marriage? Is it winning the lottery or losing 25 pounds? Is it finding the right job or or the right medicine, legal or not? Do you think that if you could only run away to some other place, there would be no terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days? When I was a kid, not too much older than Alexander, I had a friend who I'd walked to school with. And one day, he told me that he was moving again. He said, sadly, that he always has to move because his mom gets unhappy wherever they are living. And she thinks that a new house will solve all their problems. So every year or so, they'd move to her new dream home. And she'd be happy for a while, but then she'd have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day and want to move again. And she would. But moving didn't stop the terrible, horrible days. Neither will Australia or any of the things that that we think will make our lives perfect. We're going to have those days. As Alexander's mom says, some days are like that. And that's true even for adults and even for Christians. So how do we face them? Other than moving to Australia, how do we face those terrible days? Well, I think there are hints in the Scriptures. The Bible tells us things like this in Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If we reset the way that we look at things, if we approach our challenging days with a different attitude, then perhaps things will look different. For example, how would Alexander's day have been different if he'd thought about whatever is true, honorable, lovely, and admirable, instead of thinking about whatever's terrible, perhaps his day would have gone something like this. When I got to bed, I noticed how many toys that I had in the room. I had so many, it was almost impossible for me to walk across the room without tripping. I am so lucky. I ate my favorite breakfast cereal. My mom buys me a special box just for me of my favorite kind. And then Mrs. Gibson drove me to school so I didn't have to walk or take the bus. I could tell it was going to be a terrific, wonderful, no problem, very good day. At school, Mrs. Dixon helped me remember my numbers. And Paul said I was his third best friend. I had to go to the dentist after school, but he only found one cavity. Then mom bought me brand new shoes. It was a terrific, wonderful, no problem, very good day. The Bible doesn't say, fix your thoughts on what's terrible, horrible, no good, and very bad. We have a choice of what we focus on. And it can make all the difference in what kind of day that we have. My wedding day is a good example. If you look at it in one way, it was a terrible day. It started out when the singers canceled at the last minute, and we had to press two friends into singing. The wedding was in the late afternoon, and to relieve some stress, I decided to go fishing beforehand. I swamped the canoe, and I got out soaking wet, Not just my clothes, but my wallet and all the papers that I had on me. It was a very hot day, late June. And it was one of those steamy hot days like we had a few weeks ago. In fact, it was so hot that we had to change some of our plans. See, the church didn't have air conditioning. And we had purchased or rented candelabras to go at the end of each pew because we wanted a candlelight wedding. And the pastor said we couldn't light any candles, not even the ones at front, because already it was so miserable in the building. And maybe that's why the photographer went berserk and started screaming and shouting at, at Tammy's elderly grandfather. It was so bad that we had to tell him to leave. We'd pay him what we'd agreed to, but he could not stay there and take the pictures. So we had a friend who had brought a camera and asked him to just take some pictures, and that's what we had. During the wedding itself, my brother Chris, who was standing up with me, was so overcome by the heat that he couldn't stand, and he had to, to take a seat. Sweat was pouring down my face. It was running into my eyes. I couldn't see. And afterwards, we had to cut the receiving line short Because in the heat, the wedding cake had begun to topple. The frosting had melted. And they said, quick, come, before it falls over. Too late. Now, some might say that that was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad wedding day. But I would not say that. I wasn't thinking those things. What I was thinking is how blessed I was to be marrying Tammy, and how great to have my friends and families there, especially the ones that stepped in at the last minute, rose to the occasion, and how a cold drink of water can be just as good as cake on a hot day like that. After all, that other stuff didn't matter. So to me, it was a terrific, wonderful, no problem, very good day, one of the best days in my life. Now, contrast that to another woman I married. Um, not, not, I mean, I did the wedding for her. I didn't marry her. And the Friday rehearsal went, went fine. We were all set for the Saturday evening wedding when she heard that there was going to be a funeral at the church in the morning, and she got upset. The wedding coordinator told her that It would have no impact on her wedding at all. Everything would be clean and set up just the way she wanted it in time for her wedding day. But she screamed, it doesn't matter. All I can think of is there's going to be a dead person in the church on my wedding day. You have ruined my wedding. And she kept thinking about that one thing over and over. And the more she thought about it, the more she forgot about all the fantastic wedding plans that she had in place. She didn't sleep at all that night. In fact, she called the wedding coordinator every hour throughout the night to cry and curse. Now, the wedding went off without a hitch, but she was so exhausted and so miserable that I'm afraid that for her, it was a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. The Bible says that that our attitude, our perspective is determined by what we think about. And maybe it's not the day that's terrible or no good. Maybe it's how we're looking at it that determines what kind of day it is. Ruth Jones of, of Prescott is in hospice. That means that she's dying and she knows it. Mostly she's confined to bed these days. And she could rightfully think that that it's just one no good, very bad day after another. I mean, I've complained and felt sorry for myself in, in situations that were far better than Ruth's. And you probably have too. And yet every time I visit her, she continues to greet me with these same words from Scripture. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118 24. She has chosen to think about the one good thing in every day the Lord. And so, even in a no good, very bad day, she chooses to rejoice. Because there truly are some terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. I mean, no matter what we try to think about them, Alexander and the upset bride, well, they might have been a little overdramatic. And a change of thinking could have done wonders for their day, but there are some days that truly are horrible. Losing a marble or getting gum in your hair is one thing, losing your health and your family, well, that's another, And the poster child in the Bible for the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day is someone who did just that, lost their family, lost their health, and you probably know who it is. It's Job in the book of Job. Job in one fell swoop loses everything. The devil does his evil, and in one day, it's all gone. Job's son and daughters were having a feast in the home of his oldest son. When someone rushed up to Job and said, While your servants were plowing with your oxen and your donkeys were eating grass nearby, a gang of Sabaeans attacked and stole the oxen and donkeys. Your other servants were killed, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. That servant was still speaking when a second one came running and said, God sent down a fire that killed your sheep and your servants. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Before that servant finished speaking, a third one raced up and said, Three gangs of Chaldeans attacked and stole your camels. All of your other servants were killed, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And that servant was still speaking when a fourth one dashed up and said, your children were having a feast and drinking wine at the home of your oldest son, when suddenly a windstorm from the desert blew the house down, crushing all your children. I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And then Job goes on to lose his health, having oozing sores all over his body. We might criticize Alexander for being a little overdramatic, but we can't criticize Job for thinking he's had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Now, fortunately for Job, he has a wife and friends to help him in his time of need. His wife, dear woman that she is, tells him to just curse God and die. I bet he doesn't Think too fondly of his wedding at that moment. And his friends, well, they spend 35 chapters telling him that they know that it's all his fault. He must have done something horrible to deserve this suffering. And if he just confesses all the terrible things that he has done, then his bad days would end. They think they know everything. Bad days come to bad people. End of story. Job, you're a bad person. But finally, God tells those friends that they are full of it. They don't know anything. They aren't even capable of understanding the things from God's perspective, but neither is Job. And all the ex- explanation that he gets is really just like what Alexander's mother tells him. Some days are like that, even in Australia even in ancient Israel and even in Hastings, Minnesota. We all have some terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. In fact, Jesus promises that we'll have those. He says in, in John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. It's a promise. You will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's ultimately how we face life difficulties. Trusting in the one who's overcome them all. Jesus and receiving his peace. Today, you may feel a little bit like Alexander and that you're having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And you can pout about it and want to move to Australia. Or you can think like Ruth. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You can blame someone else, even blame yourself. Or you can rest in the promise of Jesus. To paraphrase John 16, in this world you will have terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let us pray. God, some of us are are facing troubles this very day. We are going through difficulties that seem to mount up one on top of the other. And yet, we know that whatever difficulty we face, we don't face it alone, because you are with us. So grant us your peace and help us to overcome the world, because you have overcome the world. Help us, Lord, to be able to see what is good and noble and right, and be able to say, because you are there, that we are having a wonderful day. A no-problem, very good day. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of this day. Amen.